For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. If you could put all the wonders of the world into one place, you'd end up with something very much like Key Largo. Key Largo is not only the gateway to the Keys, it's the launching point for the untamed Florida Everglades. In fact, from snorkeling our living coral reef to fly fishing the Everglades backcountry, Key Largo offers the best of both worlds. For more about Key Largo and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash keylargo. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle, free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Gigi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight's show is on exploring BDSM. You might ask, what is BDSM? It stands for Bondage and Discipline and Sadomasochism, but it's a lot more than that. It's an umbrella term. In BDSM, there are many different forms of BDSM activities that one can engage in. BDSM can be a scary thing for a lot of people when they first encounter it. 
at first glance, BDSM appears to be about pain and loss of control. One may wonder, how can BDSM be of any interest to anyone in their right mind? Well, actually, BDSM holds a lot of paradoxes. What is first perceived as pain often can transform into erotic ecstasy. I know I've done many, many scenes as both a submissive and a dominant. I've seen this happen over and over again, where I'm taking a person on a journey or I'm going on the journey into erotic pain, and all of a sudden... The pain transforms, and I start flying. (laughs) Another paradox is that the submissive actually has the ultimate control in a scene. They have safe words, and they can stop the scene when they need to, or they can have you slow it down. Early on, I noticed that the relationship between a dom and a sub was very special. I saw the bonding that occurred. There's caring and nurturing on the part of the dominant, especially after an intense scene and during the cool down. And there's this deep connection between them. And I could tell the energy between these people was just amazing. BDSM can be healing at a psychosexual level, Or it can be an exciting experience. But how does one know if kink is right for me? Well, there's several things that you can get into. The way I decided that it was right for me was that I just followed my gut instinct. Or maybe even lower than my gut. I got that tingly feeling down there when I thought about it. And it was part of my fantasies both as a dom and a submissive, from a switch. And so I just kind of went with what I felt it would do for me. And I knew that it was an exciting adventure to explore. But I didn't know who or where to go for it. I just knew that it was something that kind of turned me on. So if kink or BDSM, just talking about it, seems to turn you on and get you all excited and worked up, then it's probably right for you. With BDSM, there's always safe words and safe signals between the dom and the submissive. Either the dom or the submissive can stop the scene or slow down the scene at any time. One of the things that I really love about the BDSM community is that there is a lot of honor, respect, and trust. And there's this whole kind of set of protocols where everybody follows them to the best of their abilities. Yeah, there's times when people make mistakes and things occur, but for the most part within the community, I've seen this high honor and a deep respect and a deep trust with all participants, the sub and the dominant. In BDSM, often you'll hear people talk about BDSM being safe, sane, and consensual. I think safety is highly important. I follow a very strict safety protocol when I play, both as a sub and as a dom. Sane, well, what is sanity? 
that can be kind of a hard one to get into because what how do you tell if someone's sane or not well the way i look at it you want to get into activities that are pretty much sane you don't want to get into stuff that's too far out there and that you have to decide for yourself and then we finally get to consensuality everything i do as a dominant or as a submissive we sit down first and go over what the scene's going to be about and we make agreements as to what will happen and what won't happen. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the different forms of BDSM. There's always, there's some people that just get into things like bondage. There's no pain involved whatsoever. Some people are into the power play, being in control and dominating another person. Some people are into very intense pain scenes. There are pain sluts out there that just really fly high on the pain. And then there's people that are into role-playing, playing out stories, and becoming a whole new, different character as you play out the scene. And then there's all kinds of BDSM activities. I've gotten into things like fire play and knife edge play, other things like enjoying needle play. I love cock and ball torture and vulva torture. And there's many other activities. Spankings, flogging, handcuffs, restraining someone, playing on different equipment. It's a whole lot of different things. And that's part of the power of role play. We can become the villain or the victim and play this out. You may wonder, why would you want to do that? Well, part of it's all about people exchanging power. When I become the submissive and give a dominant my power, it's an amazing transformation occurs. And during the scene, as the scene's played out, all of a sudden we reach this synergistic energy that becomes more than what the dominant or the submissive puts into the scene. And so it can be a very powerful form of play. Another part of BDSM that I think is missing in our culture is the ability to reach catharsis with our darker emotions. And I think that's where BDSM can really help us take that bottle where we've been stuffing all our anger and rage and all those negative feelings, experience them in a controlled play scene, and reach catharsis. And all of a sudden we let all that stuff out into the open and it can feel so good to just get all that stuff out. It's like all of a sudden the weight drops off our shoulders as we reach catharsis. Now often when I play with the submissive, I notice sometimes, especially with new players, often they'll be, as I'm working them over with a flogger or with spankings or any type of impact play or pain play, I'll notice that they're struggling and they're fighting the pain. And I'll 
lean over, stop the scene for a second, and say, don't fight the pain. Embrace it. Breathe deep into the pain. In our culture, we're taught to run away from pain, block pain. We try to get rid of pain in our lives. But I've discovered that pain can be a type of purification. Pain can help us reach our core being by embracing pain and seeing where it takes us. It can take us into an amazing journey. Often, when we're trying to figure out, oh, is BDSM right for me? I think it's important to identify our needs. I know there's times in my life when I really needed to give up my power to somebody else and really take what they had to give me. Of course, part of me did not want to do it, and it fought tooth and nail against it. Well, there's a term that I like. It's called ambivalence. It's when we both want something and we don't want something. A part of us craves it, and a part of us is resistive to it. Oftentimes, if we just kind of look at the ambivalence and say, okay, this is for a short period. I want to try this out and try out this adventure and see where it takes me. I can overcome the ambivalence and say, okay, I'll go with this. I say this because BDSM can be scary, especially for people that have never experienced it. And by looking at what we need at a deeper level, we can determine, okay, is this right for me to do it? Do I want to explore this journey and see? Because often we can't really tell until we've experienced something. And I always advise people, start slow. Don't get into something real heavy. Start with a placing that's light and explore to where it feels right for you. You know your own boundaries. So when you negotiate the scene, let your dominant know, or if you're the dominant, find out what the submissive's boundaries are and stay within the parameters of their boundaries as you play. I think it's important to understand that concept and work together because there is this trust, and if you break the trust, then you've broken a bond. I love both really good submissives, and I love really good dominance <laughs> because they're rare. I mean, anybody can pick up a flogger and play, but it takes someone that's really experienced and has taken the time to learn the art and practice and really be good at not just the physical parts of the play, but also the psychosexual and the psychological parts of the play. And when you find someone like that, that's a very rare treasure. Now, there are a lot of good, great players out there. I've met many dominants that were very skilled at the physical level of play. And that can be an awesome scene, too. But when you find someone that's really good at all levels, that's a special gift. I love a good sub that can follow and do as I ask. And actually, I'll get into more of what I like in the sub later on in this show. I do have a special place in my heart for a good sub. And I don't want to damage the goods. 
I like to play them and have a really good time with them and have them eager to come back for more play and more of my sadistic adventures. <laughs> One of the things I discovered about BDSM play is that often in our culture, most of the time we're in the rational side of our brain. We're calculating, we're figuring out, we're taking account of everything and adding it all up and it's all got to make sense and at a rational level. One of the things I found that BDSM does for me, it gets me out of my rational side of the brain and I get very much into the intuitive side of my brain. The intuitive side of the brain is very unexplored in our culture. I think it has a whole different level of knowing and of experience. It's hard to put into words exactly, but when we get into the intuitive side of the brain, we're much more in touch and connected. We have that gut feeling and we can read people and experience people at a whole different level than when we're in our rational side of the brain. One of the benefits I found in playing BDSM scenes, especially really intense ones, is that it gives the submissive a chance to fly in subspace. And for the dominant, they get to ride the journey of the sub in subspace. And what is subspace? Well, subspace is this type of trance that a submissive will enter into as you play them. And it's a little more involved than that because as you're raising the intensity of the scene, and I like to call it intensity versus pain, but as you slowly increase the pain levels, all of a sudden the submissive's body is releasing endorphins and releasing other really good chemistry into the brain. And by raising that natural brain chemistry levels, the good chemicals, all of a sudden they start flying. And it's, it's kind of like a runner's high, except even better, I think. Because I've done exercises where I got into the runner's high and, and I've experienced BDSM scenes where I just flew even further. So it's amazing. Well, how do I identify what I would be into in BDSM? There's a couple of ways. I have what's called the BDSM Interest Evaluation. And on the internet, you can find any number of BDSM checklists that are great for exploring one's interest in BDSM. And that brings up another area. I know BDSM is something of a taboo topic. It's becoming a little bit more accepted within society today. But what about my sexual partner? Often we have to come out of the BDSM closet. And what I would advise is start with discussing a light BDSM activity and see how your partner responds. If they respond favorably, discuss things that you would be interested in trying out with them. If not favorable, then share what you feel comfortable discussing and give it some time. We all need time to process new information. While they may never be open to BDSM, 
Sometimes over time, the idea of BDSM will grow, especially if you educate them about the benefits of BDSM play. But take it slow and give it time. Don't be pushy with your partner with informing them about information if they don't want to hear it. Just start where they are at and see where it goes. I know a lot of people ask, what about sex in BDSM? And I know some people like to keep sex very separate from BDSM play. Other people like to include sex as part of the BDSM scene. And that's up to you to kind of figure out where your boundaries are. What do you want to experience? And what does your partner, play partner want to experience? What are their boundaries? And that's where the negotiations come in. I'd like to share some of my early experiences. When I first got into BDSM, you pretty much had to be either a dominant or a submissive. But I always kind of felt like a switch. I felt like I was both. So I picked sub when I first got into it because it wasn't really kosher to be a switch back then. Now I identify as a switch openly. And it's very powerful. When I, Like I say, when I first started, I had to be a sub. And so I met this guy, and he was, uh, we kind of got involved. He was my boyfriend, and he kind of introduced me into BDSM. He was into not just BDSM, but also some of the tantric sex and exploring and doing things a little bit outside the box. Well, we started doing some early BDSM roleplay explorations. From the first scene on, I just took off with it. I mean, it was just such an incredible experience. And I don't want to go into too many details, but basically I had a lot of trouble growing up. I was ADHD and dyslexic and... I was kind of the black sheep of my family, and I was a scapegoat. And so when I came out of high school, I had a lot of crap that I was carrying around. And one of the things that happened when I started getting involved with this boyfriend was that he started taking me on a journey where all these bottled-up gunk that I'd been holding on to we released it during BDSM play scenes through the process of catharsis. And that was a very healing experience for me. More recently, as a submissive, and there are times when I love to be submissive, I have had some incredible experiences. I don't want to go into a lot of them, but I would like to share one that really has always stood out in my mind, is a very amazing experience. I had this dominant woman that just loved to torture me and loved to put me in pain. And she also had me service her. And she loved to have me go down orally on her. And she'd have me lick her and eat her out. While I was on my back, she'd sit on my face and just have me eat her. And as I ate her, she would take clothespins that were connected by a 
cord and she would attach them to my cock and balls very slowly. And I'm very much into genital torture, both giving and receiving. And so she would have me stay focused on my task of pleasuring her while she was torturing me. And she just loved that sadistic side. Loved being a sadist with me. And I loved it when she did so. And so she'd combine, put on each clothespin, and she'd do it very slowly on my cock and balls, and even on the skin above my pelvic bone, and just uh, inside the thighs of my legs. And each one would go on slowly, and, and then she'd tap them with a little cane, and make them really intense. I had to keep focused because I knew that if I didn't, I was going to receive another deep punishment if I didn't stay focused on my task. And then, as she started getting close to orgasm, she would yank the cord and pull all the clothespins off in one pull. And Oh, it would make me scream into her pussy. And she would start coming like crazy. It was just amazing. And then afterwards she would take me and hold me and and just tell me how what a good job I did pleasuring her under such a duressful situation. Hold me and rock me and Oh, it was such an incredible bonding I had with this mistress. And I've had some pretty amazing experiences as a dominant. Often, and I did say earlier in the show, I would kind of go over some of my criteria because I do have submissives that meet these criteria and I work with them and have been off and on for years. One of the things I require from my submissives is that they are into worshiping me and that they are into intense play scenes that they will experience very hardcore punishments, but within their boundaries and with safe words, of course. I'm into examining my submissives while they're standing naked and I have them get into a special examination pose where I have them stand feet apart, hands behind their neck with their chest thrust out, totally naked, and everything exposed. And I give them a complete examination. And it can be very amazing when we break these taboos of our intimate areas of the body. And it can be very amazing to be examined that completely and that intimately. And it forms a bond between us. And then, of course, I love to reward my submissives for good behavior. I like to help them break taboos. And I love having them confess their 
transgressions and all their uh, oh secret sexual fantasies and have them tell it to me. And then I punish them for having not shared this information before because I like to hear about their sexy selves and their sexual intense interests, those secret interests that they've never told anybody before. And that can be such a rewarding experience for my submissives when they do that for me. Another requirement I have for my submissives is that they must serve me, not just serve me in a play scene, but sometimes come over and provide different types of service for me. I have them help me set up Aphrodite's temple and take them camping with me. Sometimes I have them come over and help me with projects at my house or maybe have them clean the house for me. And one of the things I've done in the past is have them clean house while they're naked for my viewing pleasure. So I'm pretty particular about who I take on as a submissive. They must meet a set of criteria and have a need not only to submit to me, but also have a need to worship me. They have to be into a wide variety of BDSM activities and have a need to develop and grow while in service to me. It's very powerful and empowering for the both of us. And I say this because BDSM is such a powerful thing. It takes on so many different parameters depending on what you get into. Now, I have a wide interest in many different BDSM activities, and I love playing at many different levels. But I also want submissives that have a need to explore at the levels that I want to take them. And so it's important to get a good match between a dom and a sub. There's many times when I've sat down with potential submissives went through a complete BDSM interest evaluation and re realized by the end of it, well, we're not a good match. And often I would say, hey, there's, I know of a few people in the community that may be a better match. I don't just automatically take on a submissive. I want to make sure it's a good fit. And I think that's important for both the dom and the submissive. Part of my perspective is that a dom is a, can be a type of shaman, can be a type of mentor, and can be a type of teacher. As a dom, I identify where my sub needs growth and development. I like to help people grow and develop into more fully functioning human beings like to tell a story about one particular sub that came to me and she was a pretty good match so we started doing play scenes and I noticed in her BDSM interest evaluation she had a fear of electrical toys and one of the things I love is using the tinge unit as well as the violet wand the violet wand is a type of tesla coil 
and it provides static electricity shocks. Well, she was terrified of this. And so we negotiated over time, and I said, you know, I'd like for you to face that fear. Didn't want to make her do it all in one shot. And I even told her that. And I had her list some of the things she feared and the five highest fears she had. And electricity was at the top of the list. Over time, we did address all five of her fears. And I asked her, as part of our negotiations, would you like to start with your worst fear or your least fear of your on this list? I said, you can either get over the worst one first or you can kind of work up to the worst one, which is best for you. And she agreed that she really wanted to face the worst one first. So we started doing scenes. And the first thing I did was I did some bridge activities with her. I put the violet wand into her line of sight, and I played some scenes with her that she enjoyed and that were familiar to her. And the violet wand just sat on the table. And then after she got used to being in her line of sight, I plugged it in and just let it hum while we played scenes. And after at first she was a little terrified of it, but but then she slowly became more accustomed to it being there. And I'd always play scenes that she really enjoyed while I did these bridge activities. And then after a few weeks of playing on a regular basis, I said, are you ready to face your fear fully now? And she agreed. And so I gave her the choice. I said, we can start by me using the violet wand on your hand, or I can use it on your pussy first. Which would you like? Do you want to get the worst over? Because I'm going to do both. Do you want to get the worst over first, or do you want to get the work up to it? And she said, oh, I'm scared, but okay, go ahead and do my pussy first. And so I turned it on very low and started sparking all over her pussy. And all of a sudden she goes, wow, that's not so bad. In fact, do it closer to my clit. So I did. And all of a sudden she was going, oh, I love this. To come to the conclusion of the story, she fell in love with the violet one from and other electrical toys and overcame her fears. So BDSM can be a very powerful force and can be very healing for us. BDSM can be very complex. BDSM requires skills, knowledge, and abilities. I know I've been studying and learning and practicing most of my adult life developing my skills as a dominant and as a submissive. And so I highly recommend, if you're interested in getting into BDSM play, learn what to do before you engage in any activities. For one, it's really a matter of safety. You don't want to have an accident because you didn't know what you were doing or you did something that you 
thought would be okay, but turned out badly because you weren't familiar enough. And so I offer a lot of training from my experience, and I've got video training on basic BDSM skills, on intermediate BDSM skills, and on very advanced BDSM placings. And I get into not just the physical play, but also into the psychological and psychosexual dynamics of play. So visit my website, Ravenslayer Products, adult sex education on a variety of topics, not just BDSM. So go to ravenslayerleather.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-S-L-A-I-R-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. For the time being, I've decided to keep all Ravenslayer training video programs on sale for $10 per program. Now, each program covers a lot of material. It's not something you just sit down and watch one video. It's a whole set of videos that cover many, many aspects, depending on which topic I'm doing the training on. So check out all the products at Ravenslayer. If you want to learn more, there's also many books on the subject. There's The Sexually Dominant Woman by Lady Green, the new topping book by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. There's also the new bottoming book, if you're into being submissive, by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. There's another book called Ties That Bind by Guy Baldwin, M.S., Then there's Radical Ecstasy by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy that gets into some more of the spiritual aspects of BDSM. There's also a book called Dark Moon Rising, Pagan BDSM and the Ordeal Path by Raven Caldera. And I highly recommend that book, especially if you want to get into more of the ritual and some of the ordeals which can be quite an exciting adventure. Then there's Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns by Philip Miller and Molly Devon. And then last but not least, The Dominance Handbook, An Intimate Guide to BDSM by Ladyboy Gigi by Gigi Raven Wilbur. I spent six years researching the book and about two years writing the book. The Dominance Handbook is very thorough and covers everything you need to know, not just about BDSM, but also about body image healing and about how to overcome some of the taboos and how to explore and really go from being very unknowledgeable to learning everything you need to know to get into BDSM play scenes. It's very thorough, and I highly recommend that. Of course, I would because I wrote the book. But I did put a lot of work and a lot of research into the book. So check that out. And on that note, we're coming to the end of our show. Explore 
take some time and see what works for you. I know that for me, I always kind of had that interest, that kind of curiosity. And I know whenever I thought about BDSM, I always kind of just, something inside just like, ooh, it was tingly and felt good and deep inside. And so I knew it was right for me. It's not right for everybody, but if it is right for you, take courage and explore it. I think you'll be well rewarded if you do. So with that note, have a good night. Experience some of those delicious nocturnal emissions as you fall asleep tonight. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got-